Welcome back or welcome to another episode of the Success Times Happiness Podcast. I am your host, Richard Thompson. Today, we have Karina Patrick on for her second stint on the show. Karina is, uh, you might remember, she's a mother of three kids, similar age to mine, and she's just a wonderful person to talk about all things parenting and and raising children to be the best versions that they can be. So sit back and enjoy this episode with Karina Patrick. Thank you very much for coming back on the show. Thanks for having me again. You are in the midst of moving up to Townsville with mm. your family. Mm-hmm. So I thought I'd get you on one last time before that move. Not to suggest you can't come back. <laughs> we might fly this you down it. this time. Finny. Yeah, this is it forever. <laughs> um, but today I thought <clears throat> we should talk about you're the resident parenting expert <laughs> on the show. So we thought we'd talk about <laughs> we're, at the, we're at the beginning of the school holidays. Mm. So it was sort of apt to think about I think kicking us off about what your what your plans are, I guess, for the holidays, and do you think about that, or do you? What are the goals? Is it just survival, or is it? Do you have a? Uh, well, because we're in the midst of moving to Townsville, this holidays is a lot different to normal. We'll go to my general holiday plan first. Okay. Um, in yes, I plan. I don't just survive. Right. Um, I organize. Well, normally. My daughter's in kindy and that just, because it's a daycare as well, it just carries over. So I just send her to her usual days. Mm. Uh, and the boys, I will always book in at least two days a week of vacation care. And then the other three days will have something on every day. Mm. It might be something small like I've got to go do the grocery shopping and we'll go to the library at the same time or something like that. There's always a daily activity. There's always an activity on. Yeah. Um, are you mapping this in your phone or on a spread, like a calendar thing? Yeah, or? yeah. Like I have like a weekly calendar and I'll put it in my phone as well. But yeah, um, yeah. the vacation care they hate. Well, they love it when they're there and I usually try and pick a day that there's something exciting on that sure. I know they're going to enjoy and then when they go they have a great day. But they always complain bitterly about doing it. But otherwise, like it just breaks it up a little bit. Otherwise, they're sitting at home and they're complaining they're bored. Yeah. So, yeah, that's how I survived the holidays. And so far, it seems to have worked quite well. I've managed to keep a bit of sanity. And, you know, on the days that they're gone, I just make sure I get the, you know, washing and, you know, the stuff that... Your stuff. Yeah, the stuff that needs to happen that is hard to do when you've got kids in the house. And this time now, flows out of kindy. Well, she's, oh, she's, sorry. she's still in kindy. <laughs> oh, she's still there? Yeah, yeah. I've got her in for another till, week. Until Christmas. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So, so how does this trip, how does this holiday change? Now you're sort of trying to move or trying to... Just trying to do a lot of play dates and, and catch-ups with the all the kids' friends. Um, so it it's similar in that we're planning stuff every day. Yeah. Um, but like, for instance, this afternoon we were having a play date with um, friends of ours down at the pool and... Yeah, caught up with them. So it's the same thing, like trying to plan something, something every, every day, day. Yep. for them. Um, but yeah, just I'm just not doing the vacation care because just conscious knowing that yeah you'll be up north soon. Yeah, yeah. 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 And also, I've got a lot on my plate extra mm. um, to to try and sort out with you know just decluttering the house. Yeah. We're doing open homes, so trying my best keep to keep the house tidy, tidy. And, and and ready to go. How's the decluttering going? Ah, oh, pretty good. Des and I are both. We're not minimalists, but we 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 like to 
keep things pretty decluttered. So usually about twice a year we'll go through and yeah, okay. and throw things out anyway. So, so it's not a too big a job. Yeah, it's not too big. And, I mean, I really enjoy before Christmas in the kids' rooms especially doing a big declutter, take things down to charity and, yeah, get ready for whatever new presents are coming their way anyway. So, yeah, um, yeah it's okay. It, like you just sort of got to – I take it – you're room by room. Otherwise, it just seems like a mountain of a job. Mm-hmm. Um, I haven't thought about moving companies or anything yet because it's a bit of an unknown at the moment as to when exactly we're moving all the items from the house because Des is leaving after the kids and I are. Oh, yeah, so, that's right. Yeah, it's... Leave it to him. Well, <laughs> I wish. <laughs> See you. See you next month. Yeah. Just sort the house out. Yeah. No, we'll get it we'll get it sorted out. Like it's sort of in the back of my mind, but it's just on a tomorrow's list kind of a thing to do. But um yeah, it's just it's a lot of a lot of things to do. But um yeah, still trying to trying to find a bit of time for the kids and yeah, keep them happy as well mm. and amongst it. Um, I thought tonight as well we I'd like uh, thinking about this idea about Speaking actually to to my auntie who I've referenced before, but this idea about supporting our children's dreams, mm. and but also providing the necessary structure and direction that we want them to follow, and there's a sort of uh, and I'd love to get love to go into this tonight about how we can. Be cre- uh, how, how we can be supportive enough to go, well, if you want to go down this path of creativity or, or intrigue, we, we support that. But then at what point do you go, actually? It's a terrible idea. Making, <laughs> <laughs> being a professional a paper plane maker is probably not the best career move mm. and you should probably go to university or you should stay at school and not leave school for that. Yeah. Um, yeah. What are your thoughts? Because uh, before you answer that as well, like I think it's interesting how I, I think that we encourage at some point in a childhood that, you know, the child says, I want to be an actress or I want to be an astronaut or I want to be a professional tennis player. And it's like, yeah, you should do that. Go, you'll be great at that, right? There's this huge amount of encouragement when they're young, like yeah. our children's age. Yeah. But at some point then at adolescence, society or, or the parents or – so actually you probably should just stick at Put school and go mm. to medical school or be an accountant or be a teacher or you know, whatever, be a lawyer or whatever. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, how do we keep that spark? I like the idea of never putting the spark out um, but trying to instill hardworking values underneath whatever they want to do. Um so, for example, I always wanted to be an actress right up until almost the end of grade 12. I was dead set. I was going to go to NIDA in Sydney and, yeah, I was going to be an actress. And my parents supported that dream and were super encouraging and, I, you know, I thought I was pretty good. <laughs> Might have made it. <laughs> um, but they also instilled in me you can't just decide you're going to be an actress and and then that's that. So I think it's whatever they want to be, you can encourage that and support that and nurture that, but you have to teach them. If you want to be a paper plane artist, okay, that's fine, but it's going to be a 
really hard slog for you. You're going to have to work really hard. It's very niche. You're going to be really lucky to, to get there. And so you as a parent don't tell them that they can't do it, but you teach them the skills that they need to not necessarily get there, but the skills that they need to work hard and, you know, accept failure and face failure and learn how to deal with deal with that because if it's so niche that, you know, it's probably not going to happen, they're going to have to deal with that. And instead of you as the parent saying, no, you're not going to be able to do this, let's steer towards being an accountant or a lawyer or, you know, something more mainstream, mm. um, you just give them the skills to deal with that failure if and when and it probably will happen. But then also you've taught them how to work hard. So they're still working hard in school. They're still doing well. They're still getting good grades. And so when everything falls in a heap, they've got something to fall back on. because Those you, skills. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, they've got good grades or whatever. And they might not need to use them straight out of school. Like they might go down this path and then it all fails and when they're 25. But, you know, they've done well. They've got the good grades. They can get through a back door to get a more mainstream job and they're still going to be okay mm. and they're still going to be resilient because you've given them the skills to. So that answer for you you think would be irrespective of what they want to do, whether it's mainstream, whether it's left of centre, your process will be exactly the same. Mm. You're just teaching them the same set of skills, understanding yeah. what's what hard work is, understanding... Yeah. Um, what resilience is, what failure is, and how that feels. Yeah, and, and teaching about like, that, and giving them the skills, to, like life skills, about how to deal with that in any scenario that they face, be it the career or, you know, love or you know, like romance or whatever. You're just teaching them how to be a resilient person and realize that life never is going to go to plan, and you know, even if you do become a paper plane artist, you know, <laughs> yep. okay, that's great, but maybe you're not going to be making as much money as you'd hoped and then you're going to have to deal with that or, you know, so it's just I think as a parent your role isn't to encourage or discourage per se. It's just giving them a reality check but. I like it. it. I like know? the idea. I like the idea on mainly because I think unless you're self-aware enough, you're bringing your own learnt experiences and learnt bias yeah. to form an opinion on how you want their, you think their life should go. Mm. But to your point, no matter what, whatever the decision that they make, which may not be in line with what you would do uh, at that age, yeah. but to succeed in whatever you do, there are fundamentally some non-negotiable traits mm. and values you need to uh, you know, uphold. Yeah. And so if you can teach that from an early age, and I guess that's that's the next part of this is, but then they're going to be, they're going to be fine. Yeah. But I think too, whatever they want to do, like as a parent, you should encourage it. Um, you know, like if your kid wants to be a singer, say, and they're, you know, they're a pretty decent singer and you think, you know, I'm not just being a biased parent, they're okay. Mm. But try and foster that and nurture it and say, okay, well, let's go and do some singing lessons yeah. and, you know, get you as, as good as you can be or, you know, they want to be a swimmer. So, you know, as a parent, 
all right, I'm going to get up at 4.30 every morning and take you to swimming lessons. You know, like encourage it as much as you can, be it, you know, if it works out or they change their mind or whatever. But if they're passionate about something, I think, yeah. I think that's almost, for me at least, it's it's my dream for the, for the kids to go, I'm really passionate about this. Mm. I, I wouldn't care what it is. Yeah. It's like you love it and then you can learn yeah. firsthand those values Yeah. to go, yeah, this is, I want to be table tennis champion. It's like, fine, I've never played it in my life. But if you want to do that, wonderful. Mm. Like you can learn hard work, yeah. dealing with failure, yeah. adversity. Yeah, you found your thing. Right. And that's what you want your kid to find, isn't it? Yeah, but then part of me is like, well, unless I, if I, unless I give them the, the the sample option of ever not everything, but as like as many extracurricular, cultural and and sporting, I guess opportunities, maybe they maybe they are a really good cricket player, mm. and I haven't exposed them to cricket, mm. and then I've just left Australia's best fast bowler. <laughs> Never to touch a cricket ball because I didn't actually give him that opportunity. Yeah, maybe you have. Um, but also maybe you've given the opportunity and they will be Australia's best, but best fast bowler, mm. but they don't want to do it. And oh, is that fine. more frustrating? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, They're I mean. never knowing. Yeah, that's probably like, I mean, my eldest is, I think, similar to yours in mm. the sense that they're like, ah, oh, nah, it's too hard. Yeah. Do you know what I was saying to him the other day? Because he's been playing piano for this year. Oh, yeah. Every Everything that they do, I make them commit to a season or a year or, or whatever. I want to want them to ha- do it long enough to really know that. To get no, through that early, mm. early hump of discomfort. Yeah. Yeah. Go, so okay, he was telling, yeah. And he was telling me the other day he doesn't want to do piano next year, um, which is fine. He's given it his year and decided he doesn't want to do it. But I was trying to explain to him. I just want him to choose something for the year. Mm. It can be anything that he wants it to be and he doesn't have to continue with it. But every little experience he has shapes him as a person, shows him what he likes or what he doesn't like. You know, it's a bit like dating. You know, Mm. we date to sort of realise who we don't want to end up with so then when we do find the person, we know it's real. I like that. Yeah. And it's the same thing with all their little extracurricular things, you Being know. Self aware, it's things. just as important to know I don't like piano. Yeah. Because it uh, because of XYZ. Yeah. It's or, you know, like it would be worse if he was an adult and be like, Oh, I always wish I learned piano, but yeah. I never did and now I'm too late like, now it's too late. So I'd prefer him to do heaps of things and maybe not quite find his niche, but he knows what but understanding he doesn't that he, want to do. Exactly. That's yeah. great. Yeah. And so what was the, how did that conversation? Yeah, he was happy with that. Did he choose anything next year? Uh, well, he wants to do singing lessons. All oh, right, That's the singer. <laughs> that's <it>. the singer. <laughs> and he said to me, I'm like, okay, maybe we can do singing lessons. Oh, but I'm already a good singer, Mum. I don't need yeah, lessons. <laughs> what do I need to be taught for? I'm like, well, let's, you know, we can we can hone that a little bit. Yeah. And, you know, maybe so your parents then with the act, acting, mm-hmm. you know, uh, high school career. Yes. Did they, they obviously were supportive of that. Mm. But in their mind, was there like, Karina, you need to have a backup here as well or? Do you know, I've never actually asked them that. Did you feel it? No. No. So what, what made you decide not to go down the? Um, I made the decision. So in grade 12, they had a uni open day uh, and we went to that and I went to the theatre program for that. Um, 
and I was just looking at all the students in the program and I realised, which I, you know, you always know something like acting, it's a pretty, you've got to have a lot of luck on your side as well as a lot of talent to, to get anywhere. Um, and I think that day I just realised even if I was good enough to make it, um, it would never be a stable job and a stable career. You know, like even if I was a movie star like Kate Blanchett or whatever, she she goes from movie to movie. She travels. She leaves her family, you know, and I just realised that... That lifestyle wasn't for you. Yeah, like it's one or the other really. Um, and this, the pull to have a stable lifestyle and a stable life and a family was too strong and I realised I didn't want to take that step and yeah. I knew I could not that I'm doing it at the moment but you know you can always do amateur acting and ha- still have it as part of your life without as a, as a hobby almost. Yeah. yeah 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 so yeah but I never felt from mum and dad that they, they didn't think I would make it like I, I always felt full support from them and they were you know we used to do these um productions at our high school and we'd do it for you know a couple of weekends and whenever my parents were coming the director would come behind and be like, all right, the McIntyres are here. Guys, we've got to step it up because <laughs> they were like the biggest supporters of, yeah, of right. the production and they just, yeah, they really wow, threw wow. themselves behind the support for, for me and, you know, driving me to rehearsals and everything. You know, like mm. I really, I never, ever felt that they, they weren't supporting support me. That. But I also felt that because acting I didn't, you know, necessarily need good grades. Like I still felt that. I had to step up and I had to try my hardest in all the other subjects and and do well and, you know, there was that expectation as well. Yeah. And I think that was their way of making sure that I had a plan B. Yeah, or maybe if you weren't internally motivated to do the other subjects well, they may have stepped up and said, hey. Yeah, possibly. Like I was never a bad sure. kid at school. Like I was always pretty – I did well enough. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah. I don't think they were ever too worried that – I wasn't able to fall back on something. And how do you um, – I found it challenging to – because I feel like I'm only sort of just getting my head around life generally as well and you're also trying to prepare these cherubs <laughs> for the uh, – <laughs> And pretend to be the wise one. <laughs> yeah, right. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And there I think there's a certain time of everyone's life that you realise that your parents knew, had mm. no idea. Mm. You know, like for so long you look at them as – yeah. As, as God or yeah. as the uh, as gospel, yep. and then at some point you realize, oh, they actually have no idea what's going on mm. either. For me, it was around twenty two. <laughs> oh, yeah, <laughs> but uh, it's a sweet time now because they think you know everything. Yeah, but how do you? How are you, or will you be preparing them uh, to to show them that life is not all sunshine and rainbows? I'm already doing it. With sibling rivalry is the best teacher for life, mm. really. Um, showing them that, you know, other people matter and it's not just about you. Um, sh- showing them that, you know, even though we try our best to make things fair between the three of them, it's not always going to be fair and, you know, we, we're doing our best but sometimes it just it's not fair yeah. and that's just the way it is. Um, so, yeah, I'm trying to incorporate it 
incorporate it into daily life and just giving them small little chats. Do you do do you do the chats? Oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, my <laughs> I learnt from the best. My dad was a very good lecturer. <laughs> One day when we were kids, he'd give us this lecture and he'd talk for ages and then use these big words and explain what the big words meant and and one day I'm like, Dad, can I just have can I just have a smack? Because my neck's getting sore. You're making me look fake. <laughs> I don't think it went down well. But anyway, I've learnt that talent from him. And even today, um, my son he wanted to play a game with me, and you know, at school holidays, so I got the three, and Des is at work, and the other two wanted to play the game as well, and I'd said that they could, and he was upset because he wanted to play with me just by himself, mm. and. You know, like a... Look around, kid. Yeah. Mm. I'm like, mate, like, I'm trying. I'm, I'm putting my time aside. I'm here to play with you. But you have to understand that there's one of me. I have to look after the three of you. I really would love to play one-on-one with you. But sometimes... Trust me. You know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Right? So, you know, it's just a constant thing. And sometimes it's, you know, a more serious talk than others. But most of the time it's just throughout the day. You're just trying to... Yeah, give them little wisdoms of life and, mm. you know, just bring them back down to earth, you know, make them realise, especially the eldest because he's nine now, so he's coming into being old enough to understand these things. Yeah. Um, you know, make them realise that life doesn't revolve around you and there's, you know, other people matter and you have to, you have to think about things and realise that life doesn't go to plan and you have to realise why that is sometimes and put yourself into other people's shoes. I'd like to, uh, I think the, the nine, 10 for, for our eldest years of age is I think probably, I don't know, part of me thinks this is a prime time for you guys to be step up and be leaders here mm. and to take full ownership of your actions or understand that you can take responsibility of how you're treating your brothers or sister for your, in your instance yeah. um, and how you go about the world. It's still only nine, yeah. You know, and I sometimes feel like I forget that, especially with our. I think our oldest, our eldest, are maybe a little bit more wiser. I was going to say, I think for both of us, um, yeah, I do, I do treat him as more of a mature person mm. because, yeah, they are quite and the expectations a bit higher as yeah. well. To go, come on, yeah, yeah, they're like little old men in <laughs> nine-year-old bodies. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, how. How would you define success as a parent? How do you define, how would you define, let's say, fast forward or even, I mean, you're going to be a parent forever, but at what point do you go, yeah, is it a a thing that you can be successful at or is it, is it, it, not there's a finish line, but is there like a. Yeah, I think, I think it's an ongoing thing. It's not like you are successful, you're unsuccessful. It's ongoing. Mm. And I think that's the trap that some parents fall into is, you know, they, they really good when the kids are young um, and they just think that's going to tide them over. Um, You know, like they'll play with the kids and, you know, have fun with the kids. But then when it comes to teenage years and beyond, they sort of think, well, I've put in those hard yards during the really hard years. So therefore I should, I've earned the respect. Um, and I don't, I don't think it necessarily works that way. So for instance, at the moment, I look at my success um, when I look at the kids when they're not with me. So, you know, when they're going to school, they're well behaved, they've got good friends, they're doing well at school. So 
I feel that even though, you know, their behaviour is not necessarily great when they walk through the door at home, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> when they're out yeah. in, in social settings, most of the time they're pretty good. So mm. I think, you know, okay, well, I'm, I'm doing a good job in that sense. I'm teaching them how to be, a, you know, a person in society. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, and then as we move forward, and, you know, it's the same sort of thing. Like if they're doing well in their 20s and sure. adapting to life, then it's good. But as they get older, for me, I feel like I'm going to look at it as like my relationship with them. Mm. You know, like if I if they want to come home and they want to call and for a call chat. and, you know, if they're having a trouble and they call Des and I to discuss the problem with us. Yeah. That for me is a big marker of, okay, I've done it right mm. because they want me as part of their life because yeah. now they can choose, you know, like, sure. yeah, um, yeah, yeah. you know, like, sorry, I mean in the future yeah, they yeah. can choose. Now, now there's no choice. Now there's no You're choice. You're there all the time. <laughs> they, <laughs> they have like, to love me, <laughs> damn it. <laughs> they have to listen to me. <laughs> but, but when you they're know, 25. Like in, yeah, 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 like yeah, when yeah. they're off and like 25 is it? perfect age like you can you finally earned a bit of independence you've got a bit of money coming in if your job's okay you know you finished uni and stuff and you know you don't need your parents that that point like you haven't got kids generally so at that point you definitely don't need, need your parents to speak to your but if you know if they're still they calling home yep. and they're coming coming to see me then that'll make me very happy hmm. <laughs> um part of me as well recently it was it's it was, it's obviously it's it's super obvious that when you have children, you realise that they are their own, mm. and they're no longer an extension of you, or they're just their own person. Yeah, and they're very resilient, and but they also, you know, this whole idea of the words they say, the actions they do, but the thoughts they think, and it's the thoughts that think they think that scares me the most because you don't see that. And I probably, um, I mean, like a lot of people, I do a lot of work in trying to speak nicely to myself. And I, it's difficult. You say like the way they talk to people and to us and the way they do, they have actions and their actions at home or actions at society. It's a great marker, but you don't know what they're thinking. Mm. And sometimes you get a little insight into that. But I just... It's challenging to try to sit down and with a six-year-old or a nine-year-old to say what are your thoughts today it about, is. about yourself. Well, it, it is, and especially, you know, when they get that little bit older and you know that they're withholding stuff from you. You know, like I'll talk to my nine-year-old and ask him something about, you know, an event or something that's happened at school and he's like, oh, I don't want to tell you. All right. And that is really hard to take. Because all you want to do is just be there for them. And I don't know how to tackle that, but I just hope that the words I'm saying and my actions are giving them some guidance and helping them with their thoughts, even if it's thoughts that they don't want to share with me. Um, I think, like, we're going into a different stage of life with parents of our age are... I think more self-aware mm. than our parents, mm. and but the the way that at least I think about I've thought about myself over time isn't the healthiest, and I just wondered whether there is something, and I can only assume that's fairly consistent with the population in terms of how you think about yourself. 
Um, I just wondered whether there's a way that we can, what we could do to, at an early age, to give them so much, like a necessary amount of self-confidence and challenges and, and resi- like internal resilience about their own being and their own self so that when they go into high school and mm. uh, and into the world where it's just crippling, they can go, it's okay. okay. And I, t- I try to tell Ted like it, you know, you have to, you need to be you. Yeah. And like if you don't want to do this and the crowd's doing that, that's okay. Yeah. You stay strong with your two feet on the ground. Yeah. Because that's more important than pretending to be something else to fit in. Yeah. And you gotta you got to love yourself for that. Yeah. And I think that's all you can do is just really foster that you are an individual mm. and you matter. And I feel like that is becoming more in society. Like I feel like schools are also trying to foster that in kids. And You matter is a good one. Yeah. 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 Um, my concern is social media doesn't adopt that at all and, in fact, pushes against that, yeah. um, which concerns me. Um, and it's still, you know, at age nine and ten, easy enough to keep it away. But oh, they're you not know, having phones till they're that's coming. <laughs> um, Do you have a phone policy? Have you spoken to Des about that? No, no. I mean, it's not really come up because. No, sure, but it's, it's yeah, coming. like it's, it's said, coming. Yeah, yeah. It's coming. That's just something to deal with for another day. <laughs> <laughs> Sell your house first. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Baby steps. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I like that. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I think it's just really just doing your best to highlight how unique they are and how wonderful that is and how special and you know how proud you are of them. Mm. You know, for instance, I know I I do have two other kids, but I always talk about Austin. <laughs> the other two just <laughs> go downstairs and play. <laughs> Um, but you know, was like it him wanting to play with you by today? Yeah, it was, yeah, yeah. of course it was. <laughs> <laughs> he Perfect. wants his mum for himself. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, well, he's you know, he's got, his hair is super long now. He mm. wanted to grow a man bun, and he was dead set keen on doing that, and well, he's done yours it now. now. Oh, it's ama- It's the most luscious hair you've ever seen. <laughs> but anyway, off topic. Yeah. <laughs> so he's growing his man bun. He's got. He wears like pinky orange shoes to school and so a few older kids at school have told him that he looks like a girl and he is a girl. Um, But he has handled that amazingly. Like he was, for one, he's come home and told me about it, which I'm so thrilled about. And, you know, we've talked about, okay, how does that make you feel? Does, do you want to cut your hair because people said you look like a girl? Do you want to change your shoes? Like, how do you feel about that? And he's like, no. I knew that, you know, some people might say that, Mum, and I'm okay with it because I like my hair this way and I like my shoes. And, so you know, for good. him to say that, just, you know, I'm like, mate, that just makes me so proud and I'm so glad that you don't want to because, you know, you made that decision mm. and you stuck with it for, you know, two mm. years to grow your hair that long mm. and you like it and you're not going to let anyone, you know, you're not going to let the big kids at school change you. Mm. And I'm just, you know, like if he can carry on like that, bloody hell, he's going to go far. I hope he realises, though, that we haven't cut Ted's hair for about five months. <laughs> it still looks super short. No, What's going it's, on? Uh, it's, like, it's like building. I was <laughs> yeah, he's adamant break. for the man bun. <laughs> 
And with respect I'll to your the influence, uh, with respect to the, your eldest's uh, initial choice of instrument, look over to your left shoulder. Oh, yeah. There's there a keyboard go. in the corner for his Christmas present because he wants to learn piano. There we go. So there oh may God, be two dickheads, two dickheads at school who think that, but he's influencing yeah. and he's inspiring, mm. and that's worth mentioning. Yep, yep. And I guess that's a good that's that's a good idea uh, thought process for adults too, right? Like, you don't know the impact you're creating for people around you. Yeah, you know, and yeah. everyone influences everyone. Yeah. Positive yeah. or negative. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, he's going to be sorely missed, as are you and Des mm. and those other two. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. The, They're pretty cute. <laughs> they are pretty cute. <laughs> Frank's is going to miss Flo. Mm, Do you know that was the first thing we told her when moving to Townsville? She said, "But, but Frankie's not going to be next door." Oh, bless. <laughs> How will I play with Frankie? They are good mates. Yeah, good it was mates. cute. With talking to everyone on your podcast, has your idea of success and happiness changed? Uh, I think we started this with the idea that they're two really important pursuits Mm. that sort of go down into the heart of everyone in varying levels, varying definitions. But I just, I don't know whether, I don't know whether they're actually, whether that's actually correct. And I don't know whether uh, – I certainly don't think happiness is the goal. Mm. Um, in fact, I think it's a, it's, it's, it's a foolish goal to try to achieve. Um, I think purpose is more – fulfillment is mm. more than, than happiness. Um, and maybe uh, – they're intertwined, but I think the idea of success, it's almost like there are two paths that lead into one, and that one is fulfillment or purpose or direction. Mm. Yeah. And that in itself is successful to get to that point. Yeah. Um, I think a state of you – can't, you can't be happy without being sad. You can't yeah. – you know, it has to, be a, has to be rain without the rainbow. Yeah. Um, and, you know, there's a thousand analogies of that, right, that it can't be light without dark. And so to say you need to – you want to obtain happiness, you need to be able to take – the darkness and the, and the struggle as well. Otherwise, you've got nothing to compare it against. Yeah. yeah. So, um, so unless you're, unless you're, uh, I think in th- that respect, unless you're devastatingly in despair where you can't move or you're in in, hor- in a horrible position, then you're you're there is some level of happiness to everyone. It's not a destination. It's all like, oh, I'm now happy. But it's to, but to think that that's a destination is a, is is pretty foolish. Mm. So I think that's a trap. Yeah, and then I think by if you're on that trap, if you're on that way of thinking that it's it's a place to go to, then you'll never you'll never get there, mm-hmm. and you'll be frustrated the whole way along. Yeah, and you get the everyone gets the ebbs and flows. You get the peaks of really good days or yeah. good moments, and yep. that's but that's only you're only able to compare that because you understand where the trough is. Mm. And so I guess you just have to be really thankful for all of the experiences because you don't have, as I said, you know, it's almost like if you could be mediocre and not experience the highs or the lows, right? And I don't think that's really a particularly great place to be either mm. because life is not that. Yeah. And you've got to be able to – it's part of life to, to be able to freely and, vo- and, and openly accept 
those highs and lows at the same time. Yeah. And that's, I mean, that goes back to what I was saying at the start. That's the thing that I want to be able to teach the kids is that there are highs and lows of life. Mm. And, you know, like it, a lot of the time it depends on your mindset as to how you're going to deal with it and you learn that as you go and you get better at it, at it as you go. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I think but the, 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 the mindset of they're all human experiences mm. and that is good. Yeah. But that's, all, like, that's, that's it, right? It's not it's – not, I think there's also like there's a lot of literature about using your mindset to create a negative situation into a positive situation and it's like, well, yeah – but they're all experiences. And so you don't want to dwell on the negative as well as you don't really want to dwell mm. on the positive because yeah. it's just an experience. Um, but, yeah, I mean, we're, we're almost 40 episodes in and we've got big plans for next year, but it's going to – and I'm super curious as to, to extract more out of people. Yeah. Um, but anyway, this has yeah. been fun. That's awesome. Yeah. Thank you for coming Thank on. Thank you for having me again. That was another episode of the Success Times Happiness Podcast. We hope you really enjoyed it. And if you did, please keep it to yourself. Till next time, peace.